Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me, and today I do intend to keep it to a few minutes of your day. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon, and I want to remind you of a couple of quick things before we dive into today's topic that I'm excited to go over. I want to thank everyone who's joined our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash phototaco, all one word, and participating. I think we have a very positive community going on there. We have lots of people who are joined. We've had guests of the show that are are in there. If you're missing uh, in the Facebook group, if you're not there, you are missing a big portion of the podcast, but I understand there's people that don't do Facebook and that's fine. I have a new way that you can get with the show and that's the Photo Taco Podcast Instagram account. Yeah, Instagram's the thing, so I'm doing it. All right, I have my own personal Instagram profile, but I've just this week in September 2016 created the Photo Taco Podcast official Instagram account. It is, uh, the handle to it is Photo Taco Podcast. So you can go to Instagram.com slash Photo Taco Podcast, or you can search for Photo Taco Podcast and find us and follow us. We'd love to have that so that you can stay in touch with the show. Another way to interact with listeners and with me other than Facebook. So we'll give that a try, see how that goes. There's also Twitter. Uh, you can hit that up in the, the show notes. Or you can email me at phototacopodcast at gmail.com. I know I've given out an address different than that in the past, but that's the one we're going with now. I'm getting everything branded phototaco, so working through that and uh, getting smarter. Phototacopodcast at gmail.com. All right. Second thing, we are doing our first ever Improve Photography Retreat. It's kind of like a conference, except we intend to make it a lot more fun than a conference, not just boring classes that you attend. Uh, limiting to 140 people who can go to this retreat with us. And I know the spots are going fast. So you need to head over to improvephotographyretreat.com to sign up now. I'm doing a pre-retreat workshop on mastering your fancy camera. I'm going to kind of do a, a photo 101 sort of thing about how it is you can master the controls of your camera. And if you like how I teach then and you you need that, then uh, sign up for that, that pre-conference, pre-retreat workshop. Spend eight hours of your day with me learning your camera. I'm also going to teach some classes on how to make Lightroom faster. I'm going to help. I'm going to go with listeners and we're going to shoot or a, a retreat attendees, not listeners, uh, hopefully your listeners too, but uh, a t- retreat attendees, and we're going to shoot a desert sunset. Uh, hopefully you've seen some of the examples. I, I shoot desert sunsets constantly as I see them in Utah. It's going to be really fun. So go check it out, improvephotographyretreat.com. Sign up soon. It's filling up fast. All right, now let's jump into the topic this week. I'm really excited to talk about it. It's uh, it's my photo nerdery is showing through. I'm going to talk about spot metering. Now, I know there's already a Photo Taco episode about metering modes explained. So uh, I go into all the other metering modes. I go into kind of when you'd use them, what they do, what the difference is. All that sort of information is already out there. If you do a Google search on Photo Taco metering, Photo Space Taco Space metering, um, then you'll be able to find that article. I'll also put the link in the show notes today. Uh, Incidentally, that's a way to find a lot of topics. If you're wondering if we have a photo taco episode about a specific topic, photo space taco space topic name, whatever it is, and that should come up in the search results pretty well so that you can see if there's a photo taco episode about it. All right. So today I want to focus on spot metering. 
in particular because I think it can be really helpful in a number of situations. And I've had discussions over recent days, weeks with listeners. I've seen some articles published from some other websites, photography websites about spot metering. And in general, it seems like it's a little bit misunderstood about what it can do and how to use it. And part of it may be a particularly technical aspect that some people may not realize. So let's start with kind of what it is a little bit. Um, the difference between spot and other types of metering modes comes down to it's really kind of, uh, well, it's a spot. <laughs> it's a very small circle that your camera is going to meter. Okay, and it's usually depending on the body, the size of it depends on the body. It's anywhere between 1.5 and 3.5% of the overall photo. And that's what it's going to shrink down to only metering that little tiny circle of that area for for your metering. So it's it's just a tiny little spot is going to meter rather than the whole big thing. I liken it to manual mode on your camera. Now, we've heard it. I've said it before. I'll continue saying it, I'm sure, in the future. You don't have to put your camera in manual mode in order to be a good photographer. There's good reasons to use uh, either aperture or shutter priority in your cameras. Cameras are very cool. They have a lot of really neat technology in there that can help make your job easier as a photographer. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad photographer if you aren't shooting in manual mode. But if you, you should be comfortable shooting in manual mode. You should be familiar enough with your camera to be shooting in manual mode. And I see spot metering as a very similar thing. You do not have to use spot metering to be a good photographer. In fact, as I've talked with really good photographers, photographers that I respect and who do phenomenal work, most of them don't use spot metering. I've, I've, it's a question that's been interesting to me as I've talked with them. Uh, so you don't have to to get good results. But they also have a lot of experience capturing light and they don't rely on the light meter as much anyway. So maybe it's it's because I still do. I still rely on the light meter a lot myself um, that I like taking over a little bit more control over what the light metering's doing and the information it's giving me. I don't want it to make assumptions about what the light metering should report. I want to say, I want the light metering on, I want to know what the light metering is on this little spot right here. And I want to get, I want to tell the camera where to do it. Now, bringing that up, it, that's the technical thing that I want to make sure everyone understands. There's, it's not a consistently named feature. In fact, it's not, it doesn't end up being a bulleted feature on any kind of brochures or owner's manuals or anything that you'll see. It's not really listed as a feature. But there's a concept of having the spot metering associated to the focus points, your autofocus points. They, uh, some people will call it AF-linked, like autofocus AF-linked spot metering. Some might call it point-linked, like your autofocus points, point-linked spot metering. But it, the idea is that the, the spot that your camera will meter is the same spot where your autofocus selection is. Now, some of the more inexpensive cameras, you really either you can't change because there's there's only one or very few focus points. And the center one is really the only one you're going to use because it's the one that works the best anyway. Um, so this may be 
not a big deal for you who may use those more inexpensive crop sensor entry-level cameras. Uh, I was there for a long time, so I get that. But if you do have a bigger, more expensive camera that has a lot more focus points and you're accustomed to changing where those focus points are in the camera, which one you're going to use, uh, you need to be aware that on a lot of camera bodies, that spot metering does not follow the focus point. In fact, it's rare. The only it seems looks like, based on the research I did as I prepped for this podcast episode, that Nikon bodies is the only one that consistently has that feature where the spot metering follows the focus point. Almost none of the others do. Now, I can't say for sure that no others do. And I also think it's going to be hard for you to figure it out based on either the owner's manual or articles that you might read. I found as I looked up, I was confident my Canon 7D Mark II had that because I knew that the 7D Mark II, it has very close to the same focusing system as the 1DX. And I knew that was a feature in the 1DX camera model. I knew it had, and it was listed uh, in pre, you know, prior years before the 70 Mark II was around as being the only Canon body that supported uh, point-linked spot focus or spot metering. And so I was sure. It's like, oh, the 70 Mark II has that same focusing system. It's got the same sensor stuff going on. It's crop, but it's got uh, it's it's newer tech. I'm sure it's there. And I even found conflicting information where one website said yes, another said no. Someone pointed to this user's manual, owner's manual, where it specifically had a note about it. But I decided I needed to test it and see because it's so confusing. And I think you're going to find that if you're trying to figure out in your camera. You're going to need to test so that you know for sure. And it's a really simple test. It doesn't take a whole lot of work. What I did is I just this morning I went down to my home office. I have blinds on a window. There's only one window. So I shut the door, turned off the lights so the room is as dark as I could get it. And I, I pretty well shut the blinds. So that the blinds are letting a little bit of light through enough that it will be different in light metering. And then I changed the setup spot metering on the camera. Well, I didn't have to set it up because I always shoot spot. But I, I had spot metering selected as the option for the metering mode on the camera. And then I changed the autofocus point. The 7D Mark II has a whole, a whole bunch of autofocus points. And I moved it over so that it was to the far right, as far right as I could go on the focus point. So that I'd have a lot of distance in between that and the center focus point. And then I made it so that that focus point was over the top of the bright part where the light was coming through the window, the blinds in the window, and the center was over the darker part. And then I could just kind of move the camera a little bit so that that focus point went between the light to the dark to the light to the dark. And the center point would, it would change a tiny bit, but not much. It, the, the light metering wouldn't register a whole lot of difference. And sure enough, Spot metering is absolutely not connected to the focus points in my Canon 7D Mark II. And this would be a simple test you could go run on your camera to see too. And it's important to understand because the objective you have with spot metering is you want to take more control over what your camera is metering or what the meter is telling you. You can trust that the meter is telling you about a specific part of the scene. But if you had assumed the metering was happening under your focus point, you would be getting some incorrect, you'd be assuming the information incorrectly. And therefore, your exposure settings would be really far off. So 
if you use spot metering, you need to think, and for most camera bodies, I believe that's true, it's only going to be around the central focus point, even if you've got other autofocus points selected for use. Even if your focus is going to be based on other focus points other than the center, spot metering is still only happening around the central focus point. And uh, unless you shoot Nikon, when in which case, yeah, you're, it's following the <laughs> focus points. Okay, so, so that's a really important technical aspect you need to make sure you understand. So let's talk a little bit about when you might want to use it. So for me, I, I really love being able to have the information to make decisions about my exposure settings. I like being able to tell the autofocus or have the autofocus to give me specific information about the highlights in the scene. I shoot the Canon 70 Mark II, as I've said over and over in this episode, and the dynamic range in the sensor of that camera is improved over previous crop sensor cameras, but still falls well behind a lot of other camera bodies. Which means when I take a single shot, a single landscape shot, and there is, uh, let's say it's a sunset, sunrise, uh, or there's other dynamic range where the brightest bright is really, really far away in light, from the darkest dark. There's a big separation between those two. Uh, a single shot, I am going to have a real struggle there. I'm either going to have it be the highlight. Some of the highlights get are too bright and I lose detail. I don't have any information. It looks totally white. Or in the shadows, which would be kind of even worse, I lose the darkest darks. And so that's where I would have a big, big challenge uh, is with a dynamic range there. And I've discovered that if I can get everything captured within one scene, then I can put the spot metering over the highlights. And with my testing and with my workflow and the way I post process, I want to make those highlights be three quarters of a stop overexposed, just slightly overexposed because I have enough room in the raw files to recover those highlights, make it so that there's detail there. There's, there's still enough information in there. The metering, it ha it's happening for something more like a JPEG would be for your camera. And so it, it's, I have the room. <laughs> okay, let's just put it that way. Uh, I have the room in raw photos to be able to go in post-processing and bring, like, reduce the highlights slider in Lightroom, bring, take that to the left, and have the highlights look really nice and full and detailed. And, and yet the shadows will be bright enough. Um, I want to, I choose to do an exposed to the right technique for shooting to make it so that I have the best possible quality on my landscape images. And if you want to know more about exposed to the right, Again, you can search photo space taco space E-T-T-R and you'll be able to find a, a photo taco about that topic. But that's kind of my objective. I want my highlights to be three quarters of a stop overexposed. And so spot metering, I can put it onto the brightest bright or at least the highlights I care about uh, uh, recovering. I don't need to put it on the sun if the sun's in the scene, but the highlights that I want to show up. I can put the spot metering over that, which means because it's the center focus point is where the spot meterings happen, I have to put the center focus point over the top of that highlight. And then I do my metering based off of that. And I figure out my exposure settings based off of that. 
and then I will go about doing the rest of it. And hopefully the lighting doesn't change so fast that I have to do that again. And I can use different focus points. I can do whatever else I want, but I like using spot metering to do that. Another situation, uh, let's talk about two other examples about when I would want to use spot metering. One might be if you're doing portraits and there's a big dynamic range. Uh, portraits and there's, there's uh, sunset highlights that you wanna be able to capture too. And or there's a there's a bright background behind the subject of your portrait that you want to take, but you you really need to to have the camera get the exposure right for the face of that person, not the background. If it's for the background, you're going to end up with the silhouetted person. If that's what you're going for, great. But if you want to capture them, you need to make sure that that the face has the right exposure values and spot metering can make it so that you can make sure you're metering on the face and get the the exposure settings right for that so i find that very helpful let's use an extreme example though that would be the moon if you're trying to shoot the moon and you use any other setting but spot metering your light meter has no chance to get that right it's going to see mostly black and it's going to try to make that black gray and your exposure settings will produce this ball of flaming light for the moon instead of any details in the moon. If you use spot metering, you have a chance. Now, it's probably still going to be a challenge. It's probably still going to be hard to do. But if you use spot metering and you put the spot over the top of the moon, it will just be considering the light that's coming from the moon and you have a better chance of getting some good settings. You'd still probably want to take a shot, look on the LCD, zoom into the moon, make sure you're getting some good detail in the craters and adjust your exposure settings accordingly. Even histogram is going to be very uh, less effective <laughs> for determining your exposure settings when you're shooting the moon. But it's a good example of when spot metering could be really, really helpful. You just have to understand how it is that you want to use it. Okay, so that's really what I want to say about spot metering. In summary, it's a way to take over more control about what your camera is telling you, what information it's giving you with the spot metering. I think it's more precise, although it probably takes more time and thought to deal with. And of course, be careful to remember that a lot of camera bodies, the spot metering is only in the center. It doesn't follow your focus points for the majority of them. So you got to remember that as you're using it and as you're considering the information. So there you go. That's the, that's it for this episode. That's what I had to say about spot metering. Uh, I hope you'll try it out at least. Um, I want to make sure you recommend, I recommend to you all of the other podcasts on the Improved Photography Network. We have Portrait Sessions, we have Tripod, we have Improved Photography. I'm on that one a fair amount. You want to check out those podcasts. If you like Photo Taco, you need to go check out those podcasts. They are excellent sources of information about those topics. Uh, also head over to the mothership at improvephotography.com. There's constant updates of news, gear, and other photo tip articles that are being published every single day of the week. If you're not starting off your morning heading over to improvephotography.com, you are missing out. I have articles I publish there as well, and you're going to want to check those out. Um, they're different than the Photo Taco episodes, so check out the articles that are out there. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!